We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, what's going on? Notre Dame Recruiting Hour here coming to you live on a Monday afternoon, the day after Christmas, because we never sleep. Here with my guy, Sean Davis, recruiting analyst here at IrishBreakTime.com, as well as the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure to go check out the show. Hit the subscribe button on that podcast. Check out CFB Nation in general with a lot of great shows. Bill Benner, Bill Trochi from Sporting News have a show on there. John Garcia Jr. from the National View of the Recruiting Process. And of course, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast as well on the Irish Breakdown Podcast Network. You can hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell, because even after National Sign Day, the early signing day period at least ending, we have a lot more fun news to dive into with the All-Star Game circuit coming up very soon with high school football. Of course, the last game of the season, the Gator Bowl featuring Notre Dame against South Carolina will be this Friday. We'll be covering that all week as well. So a lot of news as we continue to work through. And now we're going to get into a little bit of the 2024 recruiting class heavy on today's show. So I have a lot of topics to get into, including Brain Fisk committing to Florida State over finalists of Notre Dame and USC. We'll also be talking about the All-Star Circuits getting into the 2024 class, including some of the key areas that Notre Dame really needs to hit home runs with and some of the key storylines and some players to keep an eye on in each of their positions. And then we'll be hitting the mailbag for the last segment of the show. So this one promises to be a little bit longer of a show. But of course, I got my man Sean Davis on here. So Sean, I can't start this podcast without saying, man, the day after Christmas, how is Christmas, man? How's everything going? I think I found out that my family never respected my fandom, bro. I got five hoodies. Okay. Five Notre Dame hoodies. Mm-hmm. And all the years in my fandom, my family has never bought me a hoodie. Ever. <laughs> all of a sudden this year, they bought me five hoodies. I guess because I'm actually doing shows now. They're like, okay, you're legit now. We respect you now. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> My, my fandom for Notre Dame has been legitimized within the last 12 months somehow. It's incredible. Yeah, man. I look incredible time. Lots of time with family. Uh, seeing my 
my daughter and her cousins grow up and seeing them connect uh, with their other uh, cousins around their age and just kind of watching the legacy of family being established a little bit more this year because they're no longer just little kids running around and they can actually get out and go and yep. do things with each other. It, it, it was a, it was a different Christmas, bro. It, it, it really was. the. And at the end of the night, I was just sitting there with my siblings and my parents and everybody else, like all the other kids were gone, like enjoying each other. Like everyone's growing up. My mother made a 20 pound roast nice. and as they were cleaning up, she says, the roast is gone. And she's like, what in the world? And I'm like, all of your grandkids are grown. Like, you don't wild. have little small kids running around that eat half a plate. Like, they come back for seconds. All Everyone comes back for seconds now. So, yo, it was, it was really one of those um, holidays where we just kind of said, wow. Like, let's, let's hold on to this particular holiday in this moment. Because yeah. it's kind of special. Yeah, it was a great, wow. great holiday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that's great to hear, man. I mean, we have one of those as well, Sean. I mean, because my my daughter's about to turn two. So last Christmas, it was like, you know, she kind of understood, but like not 100% as far as like the whole present and Santa thing, right? But this one, dude, she was like unwrapping presents, running everywhere. Every time we took a toy out, it was like, open it, open it, open it. I'm like, chill out. We need to, <laughs> you know, get the rest of the presents out. So I we slept over my my in laws' house, did the whole Christmas morning thing there. Then my parents came over later, and I lied to you not. About halfway through opening presents with my parents, my daughter got up, walked out of the room, and just sat down because she was just overwhelmed with so many presents. It was wild, man. But it was 
it's a different feeling, man. I didn't know what to expect with it, Sean, but just kind of seeing your daughter experience everything, you know, just trying to like seeing that for the first time. It was, uh, it's pretty interesting, man. So I was, uh, very happy to see everything in that, that world. So, man, it was really one of those moments that you take a snapshot mentally and hold on to like, yeah, this is something I'll still think about years down the line and to the IB nation. No, I don't have any leftovers. That that was like one of the downturns as well. We don't have food to bring home like we used to in the past. <laughs> so. Right. That's oh man. Yeah, seriously. Cause again, man, like I had uh we had like dinner over my in-laws and they did like the more traditional stuff, I guess. They did like ham, turkey, like that type of stuff, like all the yeah. sides. And of course my mom, who's you know, Full, full Italian, you know, she's a padula on her side mm-hmm. of the family, right? So mm-hmm. they came over a present. She brought me this whole can of just raviolis, meatballs, chicken, and the gravy and everything. And I'm just like, I already ate dinner, and, and I ended up eating a second dinner yesterday. <laughs> so got to start, uh, got to chill a little bit, man. I was carbo loading a little bit yesterday. I'm starting to get into the different pastas, uh-huh. right? Uh, my wife has done a great job getting me into the different type of pastas. Because, you know, growing up South Side of Chicago, it was mostly spaghetti. Uh, that was it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you, you grow into the fettuccine, you know. Yep. But I recently have fallen in love with ziti. Ziti's great. Yep. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a couple of dishes over the holiday made with some ziti. And I was like, yo, where has this been my entire life? Well, we, like, had that, uh, we, we had that. We we had that. So again, my 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 mom's side is Italian. So I'm on 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 Thanksgiving. It's nice because I'm not really a huge turkey person. We've talked about that on the show right, before. Right. But I went over there. I had some you know solid turkey with at my mom's house. But she had big ziti and everything ready for for Christmas on that. I'm on Thanksgiving on that side as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, Sean, we need to talk, man. I'll talk, I'll take you through the uh, the Italian side of things. Man. Yeah, some porcidellis, which are okay. fantastic. Never had those. They're uh, they're like literally spaghetti that when it's cooked in water expands. So they porcidelli means worm in Italian. So it's like a thicker pot, thicker spaghetti type of thing. But it's fantastic. So I'm into, I'm definitely in. <laughs> well, may, maybe we'll need to we'll need to get like an Italian cooking podcast. But we we do have to get into recruiting here on the show, unfortunately. <laughs> but I appreciate everyone out there for being with us today. I'm, ha- I'm very happy that Sean had a great uh, Christmas. Anybody else out there that celebrates Christmas or celebrates another holiday during this season, I hope that you all had a great weekend as well. Sean, we, we need to start with a little bit of difficult news, I guess. It was, it was a little bit of a bummer today. So we've been reporting for a while now. Western Michigan, de- former Western Michigan defensive lineman, Brain Fisk, who's a very good football player for Western Michigan, I reported about a week, a week and a half ago, that he was down between three different football teams. One was Notre Dame, of course. One was Florida State. One was USC. But the top two for him was Notre Dame and Florida State. Those were the two teams that were sticking out. So, unfortunately, he made a decision today, committed to Florida State, which I know Braden personally had him on the podcast before. Really good dude. I hope he does great down in Florida State. I truly do. But I was, you know, I I had a good feeling about Brain Fist standings with Notre Dame and Notre Dame standings with Brain Fist because he's a Michigan City, Indiana kid. So he grew up 
30, 35 minutes away from campus. Like that's where he grew up at his parents' house. And we were told that when he went on his visit to Notre Dame that, and Brain told me this firsthand, that it was really emotional for him, you know, and he really had a great experience because it was something that he grew up, you know, he grew up a little bit of a Notre Dame fan. He did, right? So he got to experience like the alumni walk and just being on campus as a recruit because, I mean, he was a two-star kid that only had like two scholarship offers coming out, right? And obviously Notre Dame was not one of them. So got to experience everything in Notre Dame. Then he goes to Florida State a couple weekends ago. And kind of shut it down after that because I guess he had enough data points to make a solid decision. Started making like a pros cons list, everything. And this this was one that blindsided me a little bit because one he told me originally that he wanted to do it in the beginning of January. Obviously, we're sitting here December twenty sixth. He makes the decision, and I honestly did think that it was probably going to be Notre Dame. I did think Florida State was a factor and I put that in, in um on the message board at boards at irishbreakdown.com that Florida State was definitely going to be in the conversation. There's no doubt. But ultimately he opts for Florida State. Now from the background stuff, there's been some reports that NIL is included. We're still getting to the bottom of it because there's some some sides that are saying NIL wasn't a factor, some saying that NIL was. Regardless, Sean, I think we need to open up the conversation with this man. I think we do. Because we're talking about a young man that was a Mac player at Western Michigan, grew up 35 minutes from campus in Michigan City, Indiana. It's a bad miss for Notre Dame. I mean, I, I don't know how else to paint it. I mean, if I'm being honest, right? Like, it's this is a really good get for Florida State, a position of need for Notre Dame playing interior defensive line. Kids listed at 6'5", 300 pounds, really good football player, has some draftable grades leaving the spring this past year from the from the NFL side of things. And I'm not going to paint around this and, you know, spin this as like, oh, you know, it's not a big loss. This is a big loss for Notre Dame. It is because they had the what I perceive to be the inside track. But as we're sitting, he is now committed to the to Florida State University, which is it's a miss for Notre Dame. I don't know how else to paint it. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? And then I'll let you, you know, kind of respond. We'll go. We'll look at it from that. because You talk about the pros and cons. Mm hmm. Um, you mentioned everything that was heavily leaning towards Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I think people, because they're in South Bend, may not pay attention to the landscape of college football as much as some others. And if you haven't paid attention to the landscape of college football, the job that Mike Norvell has done to kind of resurrect that program has been uh, has been pretty good. And mm-hmm. you can see that why – Mike Norvell is respected as a solid coach amongst his peers. Uh, And if you're looking at the programs going into next year, possible return of Jordan Travis. um, They just, they just flipped another recruit at quarterback to come in. So the quarterback room might be a little bit more uh, stable. If you're looking at it mm-hmm. as a transfer, uh, you look at the coaching staff. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Is Odell Hagen's the the defensive line coach? He's definitely there. Yeah, I, I know he's so. there. I'm yep. not sure. I think he's the D line coach. He's he's well respected coach as well. And mm-hmm. then you look at this. I don't know how this plays. The last two or three years. Or well, the last two years specifically, Florida State has had great success with transfers 
coming in and having great seasons on the defensive line and then yeah. going into the draft. That might play a lot into it as well, comparatively, when you look at the coaching, how the guys that either come in from FCS or come in from another FBS program and how they develop and play better at Florida State, elevated their games, and then were able to be drafted into the NFL. You already talked about him having a draftable grade coming from Western Michigan this year. So, you know, those are just some things looking at it from the other side that Fitz might have looked at and said, you know what, as much as I love Notre Dame, it might be better for me to get a little bit get away from home and what I might love emotionally and go to the business side of it and say, okay, this is a better move for me business-wise and possibly football-wise. Just just giving some people in the fan base a little bit of what he might have been thinking in order to yeah. choose Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I think that there were several factors. We had somebody that asked, and I think I started already. I did not. But basically, oh, here it goes. So Salty asked this, Sean, to playing into your conversation, right, the other factors around this recruitment, right? Salty says, does he want a warm weather year? That was actually the one thing, Salty, that I thought originally when I started the conversation with Braden, that would be a big factor for him because he's only been a Midwest guy, right? Like he's been in Indiana and Michigan the entirety of his life. But I actually spoke to someone close to Braden about a week and a half ago that told me him going down to Florida was actually a negative potentially for him as far as like being in a different environment and not being someplace that he's used to. Like he's a defensive lineman and he's a physical one. So I think there was something to be said about he's wanting to be in like a cold weather environment. Like he kind of thrives in that. So I, I don't think that that's a part of it, Sean. I really don't. I, I think that you made a couple great points. Like they've had Jermaine Johnson transfer from Georgia two years ago. They had Jared Verse this year who might go in the first round to transfer from Albany. Like, Florida State is developing defensive line at a pretty good rate, although he's playing a little bit of a different position. But, Sean, I think we really need to have a conversation here, man, because we're not going to spend the entire show on this, obviously, but we have talked about this in spurts in this show over the last few weeks, obviously with National Signing Day right behind us now. We talked about Al Washington, the defensive line coach, who came to Notre Dame with a tremendous reputation as a recruiter. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And in his first cycle in Notre Dame on the defensive line, Keon Keeley decommitted. Not going to put it all on him. I'm not, right? I'm not because there were other factors that were unforeseen. Not putting that one all on him. I am putting one mostly on him, though, is that Jason Moore from DeMatha Catholic, who is going to Ohio State, was a player that was very high on Notre Dame. And then all of a sudden, it was Ohio State's before you knew it, right? So, he lost out on Jason Moore. Brandon Davis Swain decommitted, obviously, in the 2024 class. Again, not all on him because there were some other factors in that one, but you've lost two commitments from two talented defensive linemen. You missed out on Jason Moore, obviously, and then this defensive lineman. And Western Michigan as a grad transfer, you missed that played football right in the state of Michigan and played this high school football right in your backyard. I feel like we have to have a conversation a little bit here about Al Washington, Sean, because – I think 2024 is setting up, man, as kind of a make it or break it year from a recruiting perspective from Al Washington. Like you just had a couple misses in 2023, which is supposed to be your strong point. And then you miss out on Brayden Fisk, who someone asked this, and I wanted to pull it up because I would love to ask this real answer this real quick. Bill Walsh said, 
how likely is it that he would have started for Notre Dame next season? I, Bill, I would have been very surprised if Braden Fisk went to Notre Dame if he was not a starter for Notre Dame next year. I think he's a very good football player, and I think he would have filled a big need because we talked about it also. Notre Dame doesn't have enough size up front. Well, this is a 6'5", 300-pound kid who's played anywhere from one all the way out to a five technique at Western Michigan. So I do believe that he would have started for Notre Dame, would have been the – I think he would have started – the majority of the year, if not all of the year. So, but Sean, I think that we're now entering a 2024 class and I'm glad, I'm glad that we're talking about it today because this is a set, this in the 2024 centric show. It's a make it a break it year a little bit for Al Washington, man. I'm not saying his, his job's on the line necessarily, but I'm saying there's been some misses here, man. And it's not been a great sign so far. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it starts right now, right? The clock is ticking. And I think this Friday is going to be the preamble to what is probably the most important spring of his coaching career to this point. The development and the look of these young defensive linemen that might get some running some tick. It's going to be important to see how they play against an SEC offensive line and a physical team in South Carolina. Uh, Will they be able to pressure? quarterback and make an imprint on the game it's going to be vitally important and then to go into the open period in january there's no reason look let me tell you something and i mean this in all seriousness there's no reason for al washington not to have a suite on roosevelt road in downtown chicago waiting to be the first one in the door St. Ignatius College Prep. No excuse. Flat out no excuse. First kid he needs to see in January as soon as the dead period is over is Justin Scott. It's the first person. And that will be like a key. If, if that's not the first person, then we know something's wrong. We need to take a step back and say, whoa, what's really going on here? Right? Because to this point, they haven't done enough. We've chronicled that. We've talked about that. But I'll go a step further. When we step on campus in March, Ryan, and we go to the pro day, and we see that first practice, my eyes are going to be fixated on the interior of that line. I need to see if these youngsters, Jason Onye and Tyson Ford, are taking a step forward. I need to see if Aiden Gobert, Gobert, has taken a step forward. Physically, I know Josh Burnham has one of the fastest and quickest first steps in the defensive line room. What else has he developed? Does he have counters? Like, all of these things are things that we need to see. Like, this, yeah. this spring is vitally important on the recruiting side and the development side for that defensive line room. Yep. And ho- hopefully he gets a veteran leader back and Justin Adamiola to kind of help lead that group. Mm-hmm. Riley Mills will be hopefully step up and be another leader. 
but if, if he's hanging what he's done at Notre Dame on the 23 recruiting class, including the decommitments, and Gabriel Rubio getting some run, that's mm-hmm. that's not good enough. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a great point too, Sean, because I forgot to bring this up, and I noticed some people were talking about it in the chat as well, and you just hit on it also, is that, look, recruiting is big time in college football. We know this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Marcus Freeman has made that a premium coaching at Notre Dame is to be a great recruiter. We know that. If you are not a premier recruiter in college football, you can still be a really big asset to the team if you are a great developer and a great coach. I talked about this with the 2023 group, Sean. I think we talked about it on the Saturday show. It's not that you – Notre Dame still pulled in a very talented defensive line class in 2023, Mm -hmm. but it's a little raw, right? So with that lower floor, higher ceiling type of class – you need to have good developments in order for those guys to hit close to their ceiling, right? So you're betting on yourself to be a premier. When you have that type of class, you're betting on yourself to be a premier developer. And if you're not, then you're in a little bit of trouble. If you're not recruiting at a high level and you're not developing at a high level, then you're not an asset. You're not an asset, right? No. So this is not only a make or break year from the recruiting side of things for Al Washington. I also think it's a big thing for you, Sean, because it's a great point. This past year, despite Isaiah Foskey having 11 and a half sacks, I don't think that we saw Isaiah Foskey take a massive step forward. I don't know. I don't think that Dis- there was. Disappointing <laughs> first five games, if we're going to be honest. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And he, I mean, and he was a player that. He never added those moves to his arsenal. He's still a pretty raw football player with hand technique. Mm-hmm. Jason Adam Alola was beat, beat up a little bit this year. He was. But even when he played and he was effective, still was about the same as he was last year, right? I mean, my, I guess my question is outside of maybe Howard Cross of guys mm-hmm. that we saw last year into this year, mm-hmm. how many guys took a step forward? I think Look. they all – Played about the same, if not regressed. I would, I would agree. Jason Abmiola has been Mister Almost for like two and a half seasons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like constantly getting to the backfield and almost making the play, almost yep. making the tackle for loss. Like the physical talent is there. Like we never saw that next step mm-hmm. of being consistently the player that can disrupt and make the play, and mm-hmm. that goes to what you're saying, like the discord that was heard about and spoken about and rumored specifically in that room early in the season, uh, what it was about, where did it come from? What is concerning? Um, is concerning, you know, to all of us that are close to the program. So it's one of those things where you think about Mike Elston. I see some people in the chat talking about missing Mike Elston. Look, Mike Elston wasn't the greatest recruiter. But I can tell you one thing, he could develop guys, specifically guys that were three stars, that were long athletes. He found a way to develop them into NFL guys. And that was his specialty, right? You talked about you're not going to be an elite recruiter, then you better be darn good at development and teaching the game. And that's something that um, Notre Dame's going the wrong way. Everything else, in my opinion, around the program is surging forward. 
can't have 130 yards per game given up on the ground. That that yes. that just can't happen. That mm-hmm. not not at Notre Dame. That ha- yep. that can't happen. Heck, I feel like even if Bob Davies had a defense that could stop the run. Like maybe they couldn't stop the pass for a darn, but <laughs> when you start getting up to 131, 35 yards per game on the ground, it, you're going in the other direction. And this has been a trend, to be fair to him, that really yep. started before he got here. Mm-hmm. But they have to find a way, whether it's transfer portal, or recruiting, or development, to kind of plug that hole before the entire dam just kind of breaks. And yep. it may end up with someone not being part of the program, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so many great points. And I would say this too, Sean, is kind of just comparing him to Mike Elston. That's obviously at Michigan now. I think it's a great comparison because Mike Elston wasn't a great recruiter. He wasn't. He was a good recruiter. Sure. He was a really good developer the last few years. There's no doubt. Guys got better under Mike Elston over the last few years. Like, there's no doubt about it, right? So that's where we are, though, man. There needs to be a conversation, obviously, moving forward about defensive line recruiting and the development that needs to stay forward. It's a big year for Al Washington. Again, not calling for his job or anything. It's just there's been some misses. There has. And there's been a lack of development in the first year. Going to give it a second year. Let's see what it looks like. Let's see what 2024 looks like for the defensive line side of things. Let's see if they can take a step forward. If they can, then we're trending in the right direction. But as of right now, it's not good enough at Notre Dame. It's just point blank period to it, right? So that is the news. Braden Fisk, unfortunately, going to Florida State. So I want to recover that real quick. As we get more intel into the actual decisions, because I see some people in the chat put in that they're, you know, look, there's been a lot of reports about the Braden Fisk thing. I just want to put this out there real quick, okay? There's been a lot of things about NIL thrown out there, and there's a lot of conflicting reports going on right now. When we have the absolute truth, the real truth, Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com and we'll put some intel on what went wrong and why Braden Fisk ultimately opted for Florida State. 